Welcome to Worlds Below, an actual play podcast that is, and will always be, exactly six years old. Last time. Cat and Angelica journey apart. Cat, joined by the heretic prophet Agnetha, sails to the crossing where she needs to buy time for the pieces of their plant to fall into place. Meanwhile, Angelica manages to secure the support of the marsh folk and bandits in the attack on Felhmir. From the east, Jarl Sven tails Cat with his armada, and from the west, the deadheads pour forth as if summoned by primal instinct. start with Jarl Sven and Jarl Oleg. Uh, their fleets are scattered around the north of Nirnik, the mouth of what was once the St. Lawrence River. Um, Kat, you're on the northern side of this coast, and Sven has sneakily followed you. He waits just out off the horizon, uh, able to see you through a telescope, but unable to be seen. Mm-hmm. My question for the two of you in this scene, as we picture Jarl Sven on his ship and Jarl Oleg on his massive aircraft carrier moored outside of near Nick, is what's going on in the environment then, or what kinds of creatures are in the water? So I have some ideas, mm-hmm. but I want to hear, like, I don't want to bias before I jump in. Like... Do you just mean like to set the stage? Yeah. Like what's going on? Yeah, you can you can contribute anything you think would be kind of cool. Um, we'd previously encountered those like weird jellyfish things mm-hmm. and also like a giant tentacled thing. Are those still here? Is something else coming to the mouth of the river with all this human activity taking place? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think there's like, ironically, there's there was like a fleeing which maybe Kat didn't notice because she's not in tune with like animals that live in the water. Um, what is it? <laughs> other fleeing? than fish facts. Um, so like the day, you know how Sven was like sneakily showed up after. Yeah. So like maybe things were just like chill, but then like the day that Sven arrived, you kind of saw like, birds like scattering yeah because there were like these giant things coming in closer and so like there was just like the morning that Sven arrived there were like flocks and flocks of birds that like took off and vanished that was kind of like oh that's weird and then like went back to their business yeah <laughs> sorry was Halfrix sailing with with Sven towards the crossing Halfrix is now moored north of near Nick okay um he's not with Jarl Sven but their okay. fleet is still in near Nick and Sven is kind of sitting in like the middle of the mouth of the river, like just over the horizon. Okay. In that case, then maybe um, the fleeing was towards Cat. So right now there's like a lot of like birds that if she knew what they were, like are clearly ocean species, mm. like circling high yeah. above. So mm. it's almost like a 
like an, a series of omens like right above where Cat yeah. is, like all of these like seabirds. Yeah, <laughs> I love awesome. that idea of like Halifax having its own ecosystem. Yeah, well, we already know that it has one, right? Like it's got it has those whales bio engineered whales. It. Yeah, but like everything that just comes with a big floating ecosystem. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm into it. Okay. I had one thing I wanted to add yeah. though, which is I think, um, and you can say that this doesn't work, but uh, Halfrix is a city that lives off of fishing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it has some mastery over the creatures that swim around it. Yeah, it's it's using a lot of bioengineered marine life. So, did we establish that Nirnik has any idea that there might be a fleet coming up on it? Um, Nirnik knows that Jarl Oleg is there, that Halfrix is there. Hmm. Um, Hal- Jarl Oleg was the one who gave you the fast boat. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, they, they know that Halfrix is there. No, I meant, sorry, does, does Nirnik know, does Halfrix know that there is a fleet sailing from uh, Felvamir? No. Okay, I so they wouldn't so. be like setting up fishnets under the water or like any kind of defenses. I... I actually really like that idea, though. Yeah. I, yeah. I love the idea of, like, these dolphins moving nets under yeah. the water. Yeah. I mean, like... I would believe that Sven's own, like, suspicions about us would yeah. mean that he's set it, he got Oleg to set up, like... Okay. Yeah. So that is... that. Let's go with that. I like that. Oh, Just my gosh. Just in case they are setting up, like, underwater nets to trap any ships that might come into the, yeah. into the unprotected harbor. I was going to say, is there any location that we could have one of those, like, badass ship-breaking chains, like, yes, raised out of the exactly water? that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> like, is there one, like, that can be stretched from Halfrix to something? The anchor. Yeah. yeah. They, How- like... I don't know. Yeah. We could say that, you know, the giant, like, wicker statue that's, like, an imitation of the Statue of, of Liberty? Wait, that's what it's based off of? <laughs> wow. Do you, does Nirnik stand for something? <laughs> it was a, that was my favorite joke. I'm still mad. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so let's, let's imagine a massive chain cranking out of the water, like, dripping seaweed and mollusks and, like, salt water mm-hmm. as it raises up to like barricade the mouth of the harbor mm-hmm, mm-hmm. into it, it okay so into it now I, I want the fight there yeah <laughs> bring the fight to them yeah. i have another scene for you mm-hmm. in the morning as the sun peaks over the horizon um we see a scene in the crossing, in the guard tower of the crossing, and we see Lydia dressed in her uniform with uh, the epaulets of the king's guard on her shoulder, and she salutes the king and steps out of the guardhouse and walks towards uh, where the army is stationed and begins to rally the troops. All traffic um, across the bridge has stopped, and the market that used to be here that you saw when you first landed on Earth has been torn down and completely uh, moved. Everything is gone except the soldiers. People who live all around the crossing and who have made their homes along the road are in hiding as they await whatever is going to happen next. So Mm -hmm. my question is, what else is happening on the bridge? What are the soldiers talking about amongst each other? And and sorry, just to... The the crossing is a, uh, like, lifting bridge? Yeah. What do you you call those? Um like a opening bridges there's got to be a word but we can say 
If you, you can't yeah. see no, this there's a, audience. W- yeah. there's a Colt's just flapping his arms like a bird. And <laughs> it, it's one of those bridges that raises up to let ships pass. Drawbridge. A drawbridge. <laughs> Is that, I thought that was like a medieval... Is it a drawbridge? It's fine. I think okay. it's still a drawbridge. It's a massive drawbridge. It used to be used to let tanker ships move. Now, however, it's um, like there's been like things built onto the bridge. It's not intended to move up and down any mm. longer, but it still can. I think there's the a first, ship in the middle. Yeah. The first time I described it, it had like crashed onto a ship and that ship was holding the two pieces of the bridge together. So it's not supposed to lift up and down anymore. That mm-hmm, might break mm-hmm. the entire structure cool um i think the soldiers like i think there are lots of groups that are talking about how they're marching on a city where they know people like i think there have been a lot of people that travel between near nick and uh felhamir i imagine that it's like the more once upon a time it was people who made it successfully in Nirnik moved to Felhamir. And then the other way around, people who were mm-hmm. looking for work would go to Nirnik. Mm. So there are people who have family, like in both places, like there used to be a bigger connection there. And right. so soldiers are kind of talking about like, Oh yeah. Like I know they're all, Cousin Jim is out there. yeah, I know they're all heretics now, but you know, my sister's kids are out there. My yeah. Sister's that. <laughs> so there's concern they're not yeah. like happy to be there yeah yeah hmm. um i kind of like the idea that uh rumors of the deadheads have become a more prominent thing um like and the kingdom must know about them mm-hmm. to some degree yeah uh but they're more of like a um a ghost story that you know yeah. gets told around the fires of the the Arles halls um but maybe there have been like more sightings of actual deadheads in kingdom lands and that is you know we're talking about omens i think yeah. that there's yeah there's a there's a suspicious there's a superstitiousness around the church of terra pure yeah okay so there's like a tense fear yeah there. there's rumors of deadheads of creatures coming from the west and there's birds in the sky yeah it's i feel like the soldiers are like looking ahead nervously, like unhappily, but they're also looking behind them. Like yeah. they're like, what's coming after us? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> well, this is like all the signs of uh, an ecosystem just yeah. like in shock, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My next scene actually involves uh, the... So if you look on the map, the narrowest point of crossing is directly across from Felhamir. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the fastest place to cross, but it, it takes days to ride through the back roads uh, over the peninsula up to Nirnik. But this is what the Inquisition does. Instead of taking ships that could be used for soldiers, they take horses. And as soon as they receive word from Helga, the Inquisition rides along the roads and bypasses the harbor. And they reach Nirnik about the same day that we're about to start. Wow. So my question is, what happens when they reach the town? How is the Inquisition received? Keep in mind that there are almost no soldiers from the Jarl left in the town. I think Hmm. it's a ghost town. Like, I think people hide. 
oh, like they've all gone to Halfricks. Yeah. Well, maybe not even then because Oleg is like the king's Jarl. Like, I feel like they've gone to the forest. Like, hmm. I almost want to say maybe they congregate around the pod. Like, do people know about it? They hmm. could certainly follow the Inquisition because this is where the Inquisition heads directly. Yeah. As soon as they get to the town, they walk, they dismount. And I, I want you to picture like a a bunch of people in the brown robes of the Inquisition just marching through town to the forest with torches. I hmm. I kind of think the average person would hide because they're all heretics technically, right? Like they all probably feel like the Inquisition would have good reason. Yeah, I agree with that. I just feel like for a fishing town, hiding wouldn't be, let's go into the forest. It would be, oh, let's yeah. get on our boats. Get on our boats, right? Yeah. Um, that's the only thing that feels a bit weird about yep. like, congregate around the pod. True. Yeah. What if they've moved the pod? Well, so arguably a lot of people don't know about the pod right yeah because people fair, fair people don't there know there were guards on the bridge yeah. previously however most of those guards are probably gone now yeah uh, yeah i think yeah. people take off onto their boats that yeah. makes more sense to me so i'm picturing like a small fleet of like little dinghies and fishing boats and kayaks and everyone is just heading out into the ocean to yeah. seek safety and you see a lot of like people bringing their children that wouldn't normally go on boats like Closing up their houses. <laughs> yeah, and of course, Brother Leaf welcoming the Inquisition oh, yeah. with open arms. Yeah. The last person in the town. Yes, I love yeah. that. Uh, okay. I love that so much. Okay. Is it Leaf or Twig? Twig uh, was the original one. Okay. Twig was the one from Ridari. And Leaf <sighs> is from oh, Nick. Do you think... Uh, would all the people in like the Senate house come like bowing and scraping to the inquisition yeah uh, probably <laughs> so there's the senate immediately like just Capitulates. bows yeah <laughs> yeah there's a lot of smarmy like how can we help you yeah you know i've a- always been like a speaker for you the inquisition here and what if they've like put a banner over top the sen like the senate house which just says like long live the king or some yeah. like really tacky yeah so they're trying to play both sides <laughs> yeah yeah right away, right away. absolutely the next scene i want to describe is in the west um in the west there is a horde of deadheads moving from Bani. Um, deadheads stumble over one another down this road that you previously took in just this mad rush to reach the east. And every single deadhead is frothing from the lips. Um, their eyes are wild, red rimmed. Some are bleeding. Some have like broken bones. They're just stumbling about along the path. Um, when they reach the alien ship that has crashed along the way, they go in, in nuts. They swarm it. Uh, they bite it. They claw it. They Some just repeatedly smash their bodies against it in a mad attempt to destroy the alien parts. Um, blood runs through the gray ash that you saw previously that blanketed this part of the forest, and still the horde of deadheads moves east. What alien technology is there that oh, we're no. carrying? Yep. 
So my question is, how many deadheads survive the journey into the East? Keep in mind that there are potentially thousands who were in Bani originally. How many of them make it East alive? Are they following the road or are they going East? They're following the road. Okay. Because I was like, if they're going East, they hit water at some point. Well, they hit they hit the like the robot <clears throat> dinosaurs, which I love the idea that you know that stampede that we circumnavigated just oh, like yeah. wipes out a massive number of them. Yeah, but like by sheer numbers. Yeah, I'm imagining there's like every barrier that we had to cross. There's like a scene of like for example the like rhinoceros yeah. herd, where it like mows down like tons of them, but through sheer numbers they pull them down. And so, like, everything in their path gets, like, destroyed at the cost of, like, dozens at each one. Hundreds. Hundreds. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. I'm seeing, like, a very Game of Thrones, the the dead arriving on Winterfell. Kind of like a zombie horde. Spoilers. Oh, wow. Well, this <laughs> is a this is a, po- a podcast for Game of Thrones spoilers. Listen, now. this is a spoiler full podcast. This is podcast. a spoiler yeah. full. We're spoiling everything. And I love it. So Darth Vader was Luke's father. Snake kills Dumbledore. <laughs> are there hundreds or are there thousands or ballpark how many reach the east or how many survive to this point? I feel like thousands like feels dramatic, but mm-hmm. might be a lot. Yeah. Like yeah. How, how many of these were living there and could sustain themselves off of what was around Toronto? Yeah, I feel like I feel like close to a thousand, but not a thousand. Okay. Is feels right to yeah. me. Right? Okay. Like hundreds. Yeah. I'm trying to picture like what is a room that what is a crowd that is yeah. big enough to be scary, but like not so big to be un unimaginable. Right. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, our final scene on Haven. Oh no. Um, picture Nagata pacing across the Admiral's quarters, the former living space of James Alzan. Um, and he is armed. And the camera follows him as he walks down the hall, and upper deckers like scramble to get out of his way when they see him. Some people press themselves against the wall to get out of wherever he's going. Um, upper deckers are afraid. Below in the underdecks, uh, Joanna leads a group of renegades to the door and they place explosives against it. My question for this part is, has the ceasefire held during the month, two months you've been on the ground? Does mutually assured destruction feel like uh, a, a comfortable place for them to be in. The underdecks have wrested control of some like electricity, and the upper decks still have their finger on the oxygen switches. The way we left it is that the underdecks had oxygen, and the upper decks had water. Okay. I almost want to say there's like the ceasefire has held, but what it looks like is like not because of Nagata and Joanna. Uh, oh, I love the idea of people smuggling food to the upper decks because they know they're starving. Yeah. 
<laughs> and there's just like little air ducts that have been turned into dumb waiters that allow supplies to move to and from, like medical from above. Yeah. Hot wired like pads that make their way both ways that like teach people how to fix their own like air filters. I love that. Oh, I, love I love that, that so much. <laughs> I'm going to cry again. Um, so my second question becomes kind of redundant then because I was going to ask you, have there been casualties? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so in spite of, you know, people trying to work together across the barriers that now exist between the decks, there have been casualties. There are two militias, right? There's Nagata's security and yeah. then there's Joanna's um, renegades. Revolutionaries. Yeah. And I... I would say that, like, part of what's going on is, like, when there's a casualty, it's usually someone who was involved in, like, the oh. smuggling, and no one knows which side did it. Like, if an underdecker huh. was smuggling things, was it Nagata who did it, or was it Joanna's militia? Uh, I hate that. You don't? Do no, you? no, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I just, I also think that there would definitely be a couple from just time is against everyone when the resources are not accessible so if someone got sick in the under decks and the medication would have been available but yeah. wasn't or you know someone got trapped in an elevator in an upper deck and just no one got to them in time yeah like yeah. very mundane avoidable kind of deaths and i think those are even worse in some ways yeah, yeah. I do want to remind you that you have Avery with you, and I actually just remembered this too. That I was Avery gonna. Was I wasn't signal. sure when to bring it up. <laughs> oh, she would have done it on the boats then, as they approached okay. the city. Okay. Um, yeah. So what do you say? <laughs> yes, rolling her eyes, like being like, "Max, please, can you give me a minute?" Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. I have my little. I gosh, what was the line? Cat <laughs> is the. I think she sits there on the boat talking to this bird a couple times. Be like, "Cat is the most amazing, beautiful person ever." <laughs> No, no, that wasn't. Damn it. Um, <laughs> cat. Oh, God, if I don't get this. I'm imagining, like, Owl is there, like, you really fucking like this cat, eh? <laughs> I think, no, actually, I think Max Charlie <laughs> overhears you, and you get a death glare from across the boat, like. And Max just, like, Charlie, no. you don't understand. And she's already gone. Okay, a cat is the most amazing, smartest, wonderful person ever. Damn it. Avery just, like, cocking head back and forth, like, oh. <laughs> what is a what is the line cat is the best and most amazing person eventually she gets there i think she goes like through her audio logs at one yeah. point and she's yeah. like oh, okay i found it, I found it. <laughs> yeah um so as soon as avery hears that like a bullet he takes off cat and angelica you both have your missions to accomplish uh, we're going to start with Angelica, and we're going to start both scenes with the sound of drums. So picture what a war drum would look like or sound like in this context, in the post-apocalypse. Mm -hmm. um, but what you hear as you sit at the helm of one of the bandit ships, one of the barges, are drums beating. And as you approach Felhimir, the bells of the city start to ring. So it's like the sound of bells and drums before people begin shouting. Mm -hmm. So the battle starts quickly. It starts almost more quickly than it should have. So you have a moment 
to speak to the person beside you? Who do you think is beside you on your boat? Oh, who would be beside her? I think the plan is set. Uh, Gunner would be leading his people. Charlie, I'm not sure if she's comfortable enough yet to share that. Uh, it's either Max or Owl. Okay. I like the idea of Max being by your side. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're on the front lines of the assault as you reach the docks. I think it is probably Charlie and Gunner who lead the ways with their with their guns out up onto the docks and try to take over the walls. Sun's out, gun's out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sun's out, gunner's out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Max huddled. You're both crouched like under the um, the wall of the boat as the assault begins, and Max like turns to you and like reaches out her hand. She looks terrified, and she says, "It's gonna be okay. I know. It, I'll, uh, I'll, I, I, I'm sure I can find you know whatever my aunt left." It will be okay, Max. You, you're, you're, no, you're known in the city. You have friends here. They're not going to attack you. The, the bandits know who you are now. And um, just stay out of trouble and it'll be okay. It'll be okay. You'll be okay. And you're going to... You'll, you'll be at the church. I will be at the church. Okay. Unless... No, I'll be there. Nothing, nothing can possibly go wrong. No. Okay. Thank you for, for, for taking me west and for everything. Thank, thank you, Max. You, you you stuck with us even after we lied to you and put you through hell. And I'm honestly surprised that you're still sticking around. I guess I'm tougher than I look. That is most definitely true. I think we all are. Um, a shout comes up from the, the forefront of the battle and you hear Gunner screaming, Second wave! Second fucking wave! <laughs> um, That's us. That's us. Let's go. Um, Max follows you out of your barge, and I'm picturing like a dash down the docks. Um, the docks are kind of outside of the city walls, so mm-hmm. there are soldiers from the capital who line the walls, and they're firing arrows down into the crowd mm-hmm. um, as mm-hmm. the bandits and the marsh folk uh, with their slings and their blow darts and their machine guns storm the city, and they've caught uh, Felhamer are totally unaware so mm-hmm. the gates are still open and the guards are trying to close them quickly but there aren't enough soldiers to right. hold them um so as you run towards a gate there aren't that many people who are trying to hold it still and a lot of them have already been hit by fire um and you see charlie um like firing at some of the king's soldiers uh kind of like a ghost brigade oh god I want to know what Angelica makes of, like, the utter chaos that is a fight not on a spaceship, right? Like, where nobody cares about... No, I think... So this is the first real battle she's ever seen. Like, she's seen movies. She's seen videos of what old world wars looked like and what the war looked like. Uh, I think it's very different being in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. And I think she had this beautiful vision of no casualties i think she thought this would be bloodless yeah and i think this is kind of traumatizing to see charlie literally mowing soldiers down with a machine gun um and like looking happy about it 
Yeah, Charlie looks her her face is kind of fixed. Like she looks so determined. Yeah. She doesn't look scared or grossed out or unhappy. Yeah. She just looks like a soldier. Um and she um you kind of see her as um some soldiers dart out mm-hmm. from the gates. Um and she turns to like engage them. One of the soldiers runs at you. He's like a taller man and he's got an axe and he i level my gun at him and i shoot him okay um (laughs) what's your speed uh it is five okay i never got better than that so he's gonna swing his axe at you first okay and then you'll have a chance to take your shot um he swings and his axe goes over the top of your head i did it like a matrix backflip yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. i look rad because he did like a mad dash towards you he wasn't aiming properly so his axe just misses you can can max have like tripped him (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. he actually like darts around max because she's so small and he's going for you so he's off balance and just swings over the top of your head if you still had long hair he would have caught your hair oh good thing it's a good thing i chopped that hair off yeah um, so it's your turn. Okay, yeah, shooting him in the face. Yeah. Like, I just want to emphasize that right now, Angelica is very much, like, Furiosa looking. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you do? Yes, I okay. believe so. I need to make sure. Where's my guns? Yeah, oh, I crush it. Okay. I crush it. I okay. crush it. Uh, you pull out your pistol? Yeah. And I think I would love it. Like, I didn't say how many shots, but I think I'd unload a a whole yeah. chamber into him like yeah. i'm terrified yeah there's no way of coming back from that um you see blood like shoot out the back of his chest and out his back and he falls oh, down oh, just God. barely missing max um and she has like blood splattered onto her face and she looks at you and makes eye contact and then runs like through the gate and disappears into the crowd don't get hurt <laughs> come back alive you have to, Max. Um, what do you do? Um, I make a dash for the city. Um, are we close to where the sewers entrance was, though? Like, I don't think she would go down the main thoroughfare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can take the quieter route and yeah. like, go through the sewers. Um, It'll take you a little longer. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll think... come out in like the slum town. Yeah. I think it also gives me a time to like roll around in the dirt, kind yeah. of make myself look slummy. Okay. So you you dash off. Do you want to try to do this without being seen or do you just want to like run around the walls to where you know the sewer entrance is? Um, I feel like she would just run as close along the wall as possible so that people can't like shoot down or like aren't looking right down yeah. along the walls. Yeah. I think that's how walls work, right? I'm pretty yeah. sure. Um, but I don't think that, like, subtlety is on her mind right now. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Yeah, I think that because uh, some people do see you as you take off. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you look like a bandit. You don't really look as much like a soldier. But because they're so short-staffed, they're trying to keep the bandits away from the gate and mm-hmm. stop them there. So they aren't looking for someone who's running along the walls. Yeah. So you're able to get in through the sewers and moving through the sewers you are you become covered in muck but the sounds of like screams and gunfire kind of fade a bit but when you come out the other side into the slums you hear uh the bells of the city and you walk into like utter chaos like the city has never been besieged like this before so the civilians don't know what to do and especially people who live in like the shanty town or the slums 
don't know where to go. Is there a way to... Uh, okay, I'm not sure how I want to do this. I need your input. Okay. But she's going to try to rile the crowd into a mob on the church. Oh. It's like the church is responsible for this or like the church is... Yeah. Because like if everyone's freaking out and they yeah. need someone to like to, to, to blame or they need something yeah. to march on, she would like rally the yeah. slums on the, to the church that have like pro the church oppresses the slums right yeah mm -hmm. so i think i think the easiest argument would be like the church abandoned us they knew this was coming and they took off after another heretic yeah when they knew this attack was coming they, yeah, the church abandoned you. Yeah. Ch oh, I love yeah. that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is going to be a, oh, man. Fast uh, talk? Leadership? I want to say leadership because you're trying to rally a crowd around yeah. you. It's a good thing I'm very good at the leaderships. Crushed it. You do it? Yeah, I do. Okay, so tell me what you shout to the crowd. Um, yeah, your church has abandoned you. Now is the time to take back what they have stolen from you over the years. They have trodden on you and it is time to tear down their establishment and take back this city in your own name. Uh, this man like stumbles against you as you say that and he like takes your shoulder and he's got like two small children that he's holding on to. And um, he says, what? who's attacking us? It's not an attack. It Okay, it's the, the bandits from out west. Um, you need to get your children to the sewers immediately. The sewers? You s the, the church has abandoned us. We should go to the church. Yes, but your children. You don't want your children in the middle of a mob, sir. I don't. Can, can you get out through the sewers? You can get out through the sewers. There's a safe place northeast of here in the woods. There's a small neighborhood completely abandoned. Go hide there. Thank you. Um, he tears the children away, but a small group of people have formed around you, like those with, who aren't trying to take like elderly or like children with them. And they say, which, what do we do? Well, I think Where she, do we go? I think she sounds like, those who have children, those who cannot fight to the sewers, escape, follow that man. Everyone else, grab the sharpest thing you can find and let's tear this church down. In the, we're going to play with time a little bit here, and that's okay, because in the morning, um, as the sun rises over the ocean, and you hear the drums from the king cat, um, Agnetha wakes up, and she hears them too, um, and she looks at you, and she says, is it time? Yeah, uh, so I have a plan. Yeah. Um, it's not the best plan but uh remember how angelica went ahead of us she's not in position yet so that we have the upper hand over the king because it sounds like they have a lot of people over there um so we're gonna have to stall a bit so you can't come to the crossing with me what do you want me to do wait here yeah you need to hide and i'm gonna stall isn't the king going to be suspicious when you go alone I'll, I'll bargain. I'll negotiate really well. Okay. I have some things I need to negotiate for. Uh, okay. Um, if you're sure, I, I trust you. One just, under decker to another. Yeah, just stay out of sight. I can, I can do that. Be careful. I will try. Agnetha, like, leans forward and gives you, like, a very quick hug. Cat 
is like, oh no, <laughs> Kat hates this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Agnetha steps back and she says, um, I'll, I'll be here when you get back. Mm-hmm. You will get back. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're about an hour or two from the crossing, I think we decided. Um, how do you approach? Cat, like, kind of drops, like, she drops the, like, scarf that's been hiding her, like, face mask. Like, she kind of drops a bunch of the things that, like, she tried to blend in mm-hmm. with more to try and, like, give herself the confidence she had on Haven. You know, like, she's kind of trying to become the person she was on Haven and less, like, the person she was on Earth. Yeah. (laughs) And she just, like, walks in. Okay. Trying to to channel her inner Angelica. She tries for, like, a little swagger. (laughs) So you walk up through the woods and you go to the road. Yeah. And you just walk to the crossing. Yeah. As you walk, the sound of drums becomes louder. Um, you hear like a horse every now and then. You see like smoke from the soldiers' campfires. Mm-hmm. Um, how does Cat feel as she's walking down this road to the crossing? Really, like I think up until this point, she was really nervous, like so scared. And now that she sees the army, she's like fucking worked (laughs) and she's like got nothing left to lose okay she's like because it's worked as far as the plan can work and if it goes bad now there's nothing she can do about it so i want to i want you both to picture this scene and i'm picturing like the camera sitting on like where the ship is in the middle of the crossing so you're walking up a slight incline so we see cat walk out of the woods alone And then, like, there's not a single person around you in that half of the bridge. And you slowly, like, walk up. And as you do, the drums fade so you can hear your footsteps echoing across the water. And we see, like, Cat slowly come into view as you walk up. And what you see from your perspective is an army. The Every troop of soldiers is arranged perfectly in in their troops. Um, with a captain at every head, there's about 10 troops of soldiers, 10 captains. In front of all of them, standing like on the deck of that ship in the middle of um, the crossing, is High King Bjork. Um, can you remember how you felt when you first saw Bjork? Underwhelmed, wasn't it? <laughs> it could be. She's... Like, she's short. She's about a bit shorter than you. She has very light blonde hair. Um, But she looks pretty imposing now. She's dressed in, like, black armor. She's dressed with, like, a black silk cape across one shoulder and a beautiful sword on the other hip. Um, But she looks, like, small. Intriguing. Um, So Kat, like, walks up like not within conversation distance, like kind of well away, but within shouting distance. And she just like yells across, your majesty, I have a proposition for you. Um, Bjork turns around and like 
raised us her hand to her army. Um, you recognize one captain. You recognize Lydia standing stone-faced. Yikes. Um, and Bjork slowly walks towards you away from her army. Um, I think you're like about where the ship is and they're standing on the one incline and you're on the other. So Bjork walks towards you. Um, her face is just very composed. Um, but she walks up to you so that you're standing like facing each other. And she extends her hand. Cat's <laughs> <laughs> like shakes it. Yeah. <laughs> Miss Partrail. Hello, your majesty. Looking good. Nice army. I imagine it took quite a bit of maneuvering to get you all onto this bridge. It certainly did, but... (laughs) (laughs) Kat doesn't know how to make political small talk. (laughs) It must have been one of the guards that guffawed, sorry. (laughs) One guard laughs. (laughs) Was it Lydia? It was not. No. (laughs) Um, Bjork doesn't laugh she just nods and she says um it was my understanding that the prophet would be with you miss partrail oh she is um but you see it seems as though we've been doing a lot of you know favors for you beyond what you asked for us we've got we've got the prophet but like we also brought up just, you know, the little thing about near Nick that's going on. So there's just a couple things that we've done. And I, I feel like that means we need more from you. What are you asking for? Uh, well, that's, that's what I'm here for. I'm here to ask for more. We need more than just safe land for our people. We want the full support of the kingdom. We want the ability to start very easily. I have a few requests. It's going to take a while. We might have to sit down. Kat, let me stop you. Do you think I can do all that? Do you think that I have that power? Uh, You're the king. What do you think it means to have power, Kat? What do you think it truly means to have power over other people. I think it means that it's your job to sit here and listen to me when I have demands. (laughs) I'm afraid I have to disagree. I don't think that power is what you can do or how far you'll go to do something to achieve a goal. It's not what you would do. It's not even the people you can get to obey you. Power is more of what you're willing to give up. And power is what you're willing to sacrifice for other people. There are are limits, is what I'm trying to say. And I have given up so much. And I still have limits. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you understand my relationship to the church? I mean, I've picked up some parts of it. Let me be honest with you. When I took the throne seven years ago, I ended slavery. I ended massacres in the West. I couldn't bear 
for that to happen any longer. Do you have any idea what it was like to rule over a system where people wanted that? They wanted to trade in human beings. You seem like you're pretty willing to trade in a human being right now. I had to end that system, so I indebted myself to the church. I, uh, ever since then, I've had to endure every atrocity that the Inquisition has committed. I don't have the political capital to stop them. I had to let it happen. And everyone who has been hurt or who has suffered since, I know that's my fault. I can't stop them right now. I can't help you right now. I asked you to, be, to bring me the prophet because if I kill her now in front of all of these witnesses, I remove the looming threat over Terra Pure. I, I remove the need for the Inquisition to exist and I become a holy warrior. My, my people will follow me then. I'll have the political capital to abolish the church. I can be free of them and I can free everyone else. One death for everyone's freedom. You don't think there'll be more? Not if I can hold power, not if I can do this cat. I can't think of another way. She has so many followers in Near Nick. You don't think another one will step up to take her place? You don't think that someone else will come along, some other mysterious stranger that nobody knows where they came from who might step up and be the next heretic? You're talking about hypotheticals in the future. I'm talking about now, Kat. My people are dying now. The Inquisition is killing them now. And I can stop it if I kill her, just her. And then we would deal with the rest as it comes. And Kat, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to misrepresent myself here. I understand what an atrocity it is to kill another person. I understand that. But like I said, power is what you're willing to give up. And I can give up one more part of myself to save this kingdom. Who's to say that they won't wipe out near Nick? The Inquisition? Yes. They won't. As soon as the prophet is dead, I can abolish them. I have the military power to do so. If I kill the prophet, if I become a hero, the people won't revolt. Do you see? I don't see. How do the people, the people in near Nick not revolt? They don't have the same ability to revolt. They don't have the soldiers that I do. Jarl Sven has tied himself to the prophet. If she's proven to be fallible, to be human, she loses all control she had over them. She loses that status. There won't be anyone to rally around. There's no one else right now. Yes, there might be someone in future, but right now is right now, Kat. Jarl Sven asked us to kill you. There will be others. You will always have enemies, and they will just take a different form. How do you plan to always save the world from them? I don't have an answer for that. But I have an answer for this now. 
it's better to do something than to do nothing. I can't sit by anymore. I've been trying to get away from the church for so long. We can end all of this. I can, I can help people like I've been trying to do my whole reign. I can build roads. I can send resources to the small communities. I can help people. I've always tried to help people, and I know that I've committed horrors and that some think I'm a monster for doing it, but I'm trying to save them. It's one life, Cat. It's one life versus the whole kingdom. Tomorrow, you have to bring me the prophet. I won't wait. And I'm, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. If you don't, I'll burn the forest to the ground and I'll get her. I'm so sorry, Kat. I'm so sorry this is the way it has to be. And I'm sorry for everything. But please bring her tomorrow. I don't want any more bloodshed. I don't want any more of this. I've lost everything for this throne. I've lost my brother for this throne. And now there's a chance for peace. And please, you don't have to watch. You don't have to stay. Just bring her tomorrow. You know, you're not the only one who's lost people, but some of us refuse to keep killing. She's actually an interesting character. It's a shame we never <laughs> talked to her. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm honest, like she's one of my favorite characters. Uh, you say that about everyone. <laughs> I like them all so much. Um, <laughs> you're like surprised. You're like, oh wait, depth. What? <laughs> Multifacetedness. Well, yeah. I was just like after Sven, I was just ready for a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Duh.